ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good, Jeremy. How about you? Oh, living the dream, man. Just living the dream. Can you guys have a good Christmas? Oh, yeah. Love Christmas. Um, went over, had dinner with Danette's parents, and it was awesome. Right on. How about you? Oh, it was good. It was good. Uh, we did a brisket again. That's like our Christmas tradition, and this was the best brisket I've ever done. I, I don't know how. I cooked it a little shorter time, a little faster than I normally do. And, uh, man, I don't know. It's, it was one of those briskets where you just you cut it up, and those slabs just, like, flop right over your finger. And, oh, so good. It's fantastic. But, yeah, no, it was good. Kids had lots of fun. It's it's fun. I mean, um, you know, the fun part about Christmas is, for us, is, like, just, you know, watching the kids open their presents and stuff and... Stuff always spoils me and, and stuff. That's always nice. But it's just, it's fun seeing the kids get excited about different things, you know. Did you get any uh, any cool Christmas presents? Well, yeah, sort of, no, maybe. <laughs> Depends on what you, you know, I got my Christmas presents early, so. Oh, uh, gotcha. Right on. Got that, you know. The computer was my, like, birthday Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what sucks about having a December birthday. Yeah, I always... Birthday and Christmas present. No. <laughs> one or the other. Pick one. I, yeah. I always think the same thing. Like, I got a lot of, the, like, I do the Sunday school, teach Sunday school and stuff, and this one little girl is always in my class. She Her birthday is Christmas Day. And I was like, do you like that? She goes, I love it. And I'm like, why? She's like, because I get twice as many presents. I'm like, okay, I guess if your parents are, like, actually do a good job you know I'm like hey okay this is we'd normally spend this much on a child and this much and then she gets twice as much but yeah it's one, one all the celebration on one day it's kind of i always think it's nicer to spread it out a little bit but yeah hmm. <clears throat> i know I, I used to know a family that had a, two kids born one on 24th of december one on 25th of december oh wow and they had a like june or july not birthday oh okay yeah where they got together with their friends and had cake and stuff like that. Yeah. Because their friends can't, you know, it, it's not feasible to expect to have a birthday party on Christmas Day. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I never thought about that, too. You'd, you'd have a heck of a time, like, having get-togethers, you know? Like, when I was a kid, I always was able to invite a couple kids from my class and stuff like that. And then, you know, do a birthday party like that. But you wouldn't be able to do that. Even around Christmas time, you know, like so many people travel or it's just kind of a busier time. I never thought about that end of it, having a birthday right close to Christmas. Well, that was a good, one of the benefits of growing up poor. I was so humiliated by where I lived. I didn't invite anybody over for anything. Huh. <laughs> That's funny. That's crazy. There's always a upside, people. Yeah. Trust me. That's right. Yeah, man, speaking of where I live, I'm still having so much troubles with this boiler system. Ugh, it it just baffles me. Like, 
you know, you know, we had, so I had two of the floor zones working and then the office zone working for about a month and like zero issues whatsoever. You know, the, the pressure remained constant for weeks on end and now none of the, the floor zones and the office zone aren't working. The only loops that are working are the overhead radium, like the, the radiators. But I'm like, ugh, what, what changed? You know, I, I think, I don't know. T- I don't, I don't know anything about these systems, but my inkling is that maybe they're just because of the fact that it sat for 20 years and there's a lot of black pipe in this system, like all the stuff that goes up and over the ceiling is all black pipe, which, you know, is not good for these because it breaks down and it's gross and it's, but I'm, I'm wondering if I just have so much crap in this system that it's slowly like starting to work itself out you know and break free of some of the walls of the pipe and then it's plugging stuff up i don't know that, that's a distinct possibility because it hadn't run in so long yeah like 20 years and then it you know comes on and you have something at the actual you know furnace or pump that's broken on some you know circuits so they're obviously not going to work at all yeah and you have some that work but they haven't worked in so long, they get warmed up, they get going, and they're moving and being used, and then they go bad. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think what I'm going to do today is I'm going to try cracking some of these lines, and I'm going to see if I can just run water through the floor lines. Um, I'll need to go to the the store and get some adapters because I'm not sure what fittings they have, but I would like to actually just you know, take the, shut the whole thing down, turn it all off for a little bit. And then where it comes out of the, you know, the heat manifold, just take it off there, hook up a garden hose, take the other end off of the return manifold and hook up another garden hose and just run water through those things. It might be a, it might help me out a little bit, but man, oh man. And then like the house one is, we always get this air, this overheating air, and it, it's the same thing. And I don't know, like we're getting air in our system somehow. And I don't, I don't know if like, I don't think we've run the well dry because there's tons of water, but I wonder if it's our main pressure tank has a, like a, a compromise in it or something. It's letting air in because I think the problem is we get air into the boiler system and then it gets an airlock somewhere and then the water doesn't move and then you overheat because we get this air 65 which is like an over temperature air and essentially what it does it shuts off and in six hours it resets itself and so yeah, the bladder inside the pressure tank might have a tiny pinhole yeah that's what i'm wondering but then oh actually you know what yeah 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 because sometimes we, like we turn the water on it's just like psh, 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 it just sputters air for a little bit and i'm like well, that's the same same water supply that feeds the boiler should it ever need water. But I'm going to do an upgrade on these things because right now they have like the auto feed. So basically there's a tie into the main boiler system and it's a one-way valve and it's a pressure regulated valve. So if it ever gets to below 15 PSI, it adds more water in. So it maintains 15 PSI. But um, the proper way to do it is with those independent system so the entire circuit is is uh, isolated and so then you have like a reservoir that you fill up with whatever you want distilled water you can do glycol or whatever you want and then you can monitor how much it's the system is asking for you know and then obviously you don't ever get air 
that way because if if your main water line has air has aeration in it that causes a problem in the boiler but i think i'm going to put one of those things on both the house and the shop because then i can see what's going on right like if i got a leak somewhere or or something i'd be like okay here's the issue right here but right now like every probably every day i have to reset the boiler and usually i'm uh, i like it just it's a habit i get up first thing in the morning i turn the coffee maker on and then i go downstairs and see if there's an error code and it's easy. All you do is turn the power off. Then we've got a little switch there. Turn it off, then turn it back on. And it resets itself. But it's just such a pain in the butt, you know? Ay, ay, ay. And then our gate doesn't work either. <laughs> I'm going to change it. My YouTube channel is not going to be Simple Little Life. It's going to be called This Old House. <laughs> oh, For no reason whatsoever. Like, I had troubles with it this summer. And then I, I did some work and I adjusted things. It worked perfectly. And now... It'll open and it just will not close. And I, I sit there and I listen to the circuit board and it's sending the little circuit to close. For some reason, it's not closing. I don't know if maybe like there's a driveway sensor, like maybe that's sending a signal to stay. I don't know. I'm just like, wow, you, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I talked to uh, a gentleman a couple of years ago who's a fence guy, but a big ornamental fence guy. He does a lot of. Uh, either automatic or push button electrically or hydraulically controlled entryway gates, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, and this must have been 2019, he said, yeah, yeah, I quit installing new systems about 10 years ago. Now all I do is fix them. Hmm. Yeah. The problem with the gate, with the, you know, with those kind of gates is they're always broke. Doesn't matter mm -hmm. who builds them. Yeah, they're always broke, and uh, I mean, he he just said it so matter of factly, and I see all kinds of things all over YouTube and Instagram about people having to fix their automatic gates, and it's just funny to me. Yeah, no, I I, I believe a hundred percent. Um, and this one here has two like they're commercial LiftMaster operators, right? So there's like inside, I think it's like one and a half horsepower motor chain driven to a gearbox i don't know what the reduction is probably 40 to 1 or something like that and i mean the entire operator is probably like two feet by three feet you know it's sitting on a concrete base it's got like i think it's like three eighths or half inch plate that the, the brackets are and it's heavy duty right and even the gate itself for the for the lower bearing bearing my dad used wheel bearings from princess auto and um I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just crazy. I wonder if it's too heavy because initially he had twice as many bars going up and down and the bars are quarter inch by two inch steel, uh, bars. And then they're bolted with like a half inch bolt. And like it, a lot of work went into this gate. I remember him building it and, uh, some of the guys at the shop were building it and stuff too. But when they originally put it up, it wouldn't move. And so my dad had to take out every other quarter inch bar like quarter inch by two inch by like five foot long steel slat and he took those out and then it worked but even so this thing's all steel construction i don't know what each door is each side is probably like nine feet or something like that but it's i think it's like three by three steel tubing i'm not sure what wall it is but it is ridiculously heavy and i honestly do think that that is the number one issue with this here gate is that it's just too heavy um, 
don't know if I have told you or not, but a couple of years ago, there was a gentleman who was on drugs and uh, he was driving recklessly. The police tried to pull him over, wouldn't yield, wouldn't pull over. And uh, so he starts, he turned into a pursuit and uh, started on the number one highway, he turned onto the number nine. And the guy coming down the number nine saw this big, long tree line driveway and thought that's going to be the perfect place for me to hide. And my parents were coming down the driveway. They're leaving for the airport. And all of a sudden this car tries turning in there. <laughs> it's the gate and it rolls over. <laughs> and it did a little damage to some of the bars on the gate. But so that's that speaks to the uh, the stoutness of this gate. Like this car, this car fleeing the cops tried to turn in, smashed into the gate. <laughs> And he lost. <laughs> Bears came out, the cops drove up, and the car's on its roof in the ditch. <laughs> Thanks for getting them for us, but. Headquarters, we got us a high speed percent. Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And like, there's some damage done, like to the bars and stuff like that. My dad, so who's fixing this? And then the cop just goes, oh, the crown will be in touch with you. It's like, yeah, right. So go, like, oh, no, they'll, they'll, they'll pay for the repairs. It's like, bullshit. And of course they didn't. Well, the crown will be in touch. Yeah, what crown, you moron? Is that Justin Trudy's going to give him a call? Well, then <laughs> like, that'd be on. a Tierra. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. So I got some uh, some news I never thought I'd ever hear. I, I never thought I would say. I have, no, I haven't switched, but I, I went into the dark side a little bit with cordless tools. I bought a DeWalt. Awesome. What? Awesome. It's crazy. Well, no, I mean, the, the, you know, it, the best tool in the world is one that does what you need when you need it. Yeah. It doesn't true. matter what brand it is. Yeah. And, you know, people that are branded like that, like the Ford and Chevy thing or yeah. the Dodge thing, <clears throat> or, well, now it's just Ram because, you know, they're so bad, Dodge had to let them go. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right get riled up dodge fans um i don't care what brand of truck you drive drive the one you like just mm -hmm. saying mm -hmm. it's like buy the tool you like if you like if you want to spend all your kids money in college fund <laughs> on snap-on <laughs> you go right ahead i'm gonna be eating steak using craftsman yeah just saying yeah you stick the fried bologna and uh, every third day that you eat, you know, yeah, because you're you owe your soul to the Snap-on truck. Yeah, speaking of steak, I want to come back to that because we did sous vide steak last night. But um, so the tool I bought is, and it was one that I was hesitant. I'm like, I don't know, but you know they have the little uh, the 20 volt cordless pressure washer. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. No, the reason I bought it is for like the last two weeks car washes have not been open here two to two and a half weeks just because it's so cold and we didn't quite have time to spray off the road sludge and it just it drives me insane to have a dirty vehicle i can't handle it and uh, you know especially with kids and like you're loading groceries and then you look down and you rubbed up against your vehicle just a bit you got dirt on your pants anyways i thought you know what i've got this heated shop and it's got a drainage in the center like a nice drainage gate and it works fantastic and um I, I thought, you know what, I want to see if there's some way that I could get a pressure washer that doesn't have a lot of overspray. And so I started looking at a lot of different options. And then I saw this one come up and I saw this one video of this guy who's a detailer 
and he does the same thing in the in the winter time when he can't wash outside he washes inside and he said this is so nice because your overspray is maybe a foot and he said you know don't he said the biggest thing is you'll think of it uh, you'll be expecting a pressure washer type power and this will let you down and it does like as soon as he turned it on i was like really this is it because i'm used to like a pressure washer like 2500 psi or whatever right and this has 550 but when I actually give it a chance, I'm like, it totally got all the road grime, all the salt off the vehicle. It's it's slower, obviously, than a regular pressure washer. But I, I sprayed and like not even one of the walls around here was wet. Like it is so handy. I can just sit, bring the vehicle in, wash it off, clean as can be, done. And then I can just leave it in here overnight, let it dry so the doors don't freeze. But uh, yeah, and uh, man, I've probably been waiting, I don't know, for months and months and months. And waiting for Milwaukee to come out with their own version of this thing. And DeWalt's the only one, DeWalt or like Craftsman or something like that. But the big kickers I, I didn't want to is that, yeah, obviously I had to buy a new battery, right? A new charger. And I haven't owned any DeWalt stuff probably for like 20 years. But because you like all DeWalt, don't you? Well, I like it. I don't know. It does what I need it to do. And yeah. I have some makita i've got some porter cable i've got some makita <clears throat> i mean uh milwaukee I, i've got some a little bit of everything because mm-hmm. you know, some were gifts some you know i bought when i needed them and didn't have anything else because i was on the road you know whatever yeah, yeah you know i pick up what i need and the only tools i bought based on recommendations on the internet are from the torque test channel mm-hmm. and because i already am invested in DeWalt batteries so heavily. I bought a new uh, mid-torque this year that's at the top of the charts. Um, well, probably one of the best tools DeWalt ever made. But hmm. That's cool. Because uh, I have a DeWalt high-torque, a, a Makita high-torque, and uh, a little bit older Snap-on high-torque. Yep. None of them would remove my lawnmower blade nut and this mid torque this brand new one just came right off huh that's cool and i mean i was standing on a i had the lawnmower sideways and i was standing on a like a four foot i mean a real no kidding four foot breaker bar mm-hmm. not coming loose really and i was afraid i was gonna break the shaft yeah. and uh or bend it and so I got this thing, and then when I say it, it just took it right off. It took about two seconds. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's amazing how, like, the impact is a better way to remove absolutely stubborn bolts. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think you're way less likely to break the bolt. Like, I was doing work on my truck a couple months ago, and breaker bar trying to, I was like just rotating my tires because the back, the rears were getting a little more worn than the front. And I I busted two of the studs in my in my wheel and uh, my axle area. And I think it's, you know, then I got it. I actually went to Princess Auto and bought a decent pneumatic-powered impact gun. And just, boom, just pulls them right off. But I think that's when you're all on there on a breaker bar like that, that's when it has time to, like, and enough force to, like, twist and contort and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw somebody twist and... Mess up the concentricity of a spindle wow. on a vehicle bouncing up and down on a pipe <laughs> on a breaker bar, you know? 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> I got I this. Just kind of get it. And, yeah. You know, you, and there were just, and this, the person that did that was just one of those people that, I mean, he might be cool to be around, you know, buddy at work or whatever, and you stop by every once in a while. <sighs> but he did all of that, and it took two hours. Yeah. It would have taken him 10 minutes to walk over there, turn on his compressor, pull out his giant Mac air gun, and take it off the right way. Yeah. But it was too know, lazy. That's crazy. Well, I just didn't want to hear the compressor. Oh, but you wanted to pay for a new spindle. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. Those people. They yeah. And we've all made mistakes like that. At least mm-hmm. I'll admit I have. Mm-hmm. I try to learn from them, though. Yeah. That's funny. I picked up, I don't know, maybe... Two weeks ago, uh, a Milwaukee M12 uh, 3.8 ratchet. Those things yeah, are one of those. Those are awesome. You know, when, back when I worked at San Joe, one of the techs there, and, and to, to tell you how long ago this was, this is when the first Apple Watch came out. And he had one of these M12 ratchets. And I wanted one back then. I thought, oh, I should get one of those. And he's like, oh, man, they're the handiest things ever. And uh, I've been thinking about them ever since. And then... With me working on this gate all the time, uh, there, there's an access panel. I have to like dig down into the snow, and I've got a little little room there now, but I can't get like a, I don't have enough room to get like a little impact or anything. And I've got all these bolts on this cover to undo. And I thought, you know what? That's it. That's enough. Next time I'm at Home Depot, I'm picking one of these up, and uh, I finally got one. Man, they are so slick. I can't believe how much torque they have too. Like this, it is like yeah, for what they are, they really shocked me. Yeah. I'm like this. I should have had one of these a long time ago, you know. That is, I think that is like almost a must-have uh, cordless tool if you do any work on on vehicles yourself. And even if you have to break it free by hand, yeah, you're not sitting there for two hours because you can only get, you know, two teeth movement yeah. on your ratchet. You just, you know, yeah, I know. So what if you got to break it free by hand? It's still infinitely faster. Yeah. And I had uh, I had a really nice snap on three eighths. Uh, it was a high speed ratchet, and um, I ended up getting rid of it because airlines on a ratchet to me, like like for busting lug nuts in a vehicle, that's cool because you're just going around the perimeter of the vehicle and it's it's not a big deal. But a lot of times, if you're using an air ratchet, you know you're doing something inside the engine compartment. And I found that that air hose on there to be such a pain in the butt that most of the time I'd be like, no, it's not worth it. I'm not even going to get this thing out. And I got rid of it like years ago because I just never, ever used it. But with like a cordless, it's just like phenomenal. It's like, yep, put it anywhere you want. You know, that's a pretty cool little issue. Kind of yeah, stuck about that. If I was going to use an air ratchet nowadays in an engine compartment, I'd have to get those new, new-ish, you know, recently new uh High flow swivels. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I've got some of those on my my impacts and stuff. They're they're great. That does make a huge difference because you can move that sucker anywhere. You can have the hose coming straight back onto the tool, whatever you know. Like, yeah, I was watching Eric O, and he, that's what he does. He doubles it back on itself. He's holding the handle of the ratchet and the hose. Yeah, you know, at the same time, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, it works good. Yeah, so today I got to fart around with this here uh, boiler system. Fun stuff. Well, let me uh, let me apologize to last week's audience. 
I had to kick it off there at the end suddenly because I had a call from my the hospital that's going to be doing my surgery on Tuesday. That was the anesthesiologist wanting to do the anesthesiology survey. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to get a call today sometime with the appointment time because they don't give you your surgery time until the day before. That's interesting. Technically, this is the business day before. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So make another call. <laughs> Maybe. Well, hopefully I will with the time because yeah, I need yeah. to know what time to be there. Yeah. And I hope I don't have like a six o'clock surgery because you have to be there two hours per hour. That means we'll have to yeah. get up at like midnight. That's crazy. You know, take Benny over to mom and dad's house, and uh, if it's a that early, I'll probably take him over tonight. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. That poor guy, he's got to go to the vet. We've been dealing with this mess for a week now. Uh, we were up with him all night Monday night with uh, vomiting and diarrhea. Oh, dear. And now, ever since then, he keeps getting... He'll either, when Danette goes to bed, she has to go to bed at 8 because she got to get up so early for work. And because uh, she lit, technically works in a different time zone. Oh, okay, yep. And... Uh, we're only about 40 miles from the Eastern time zone to begin with, but their headquarters is in DC. So they mm-hmm. work Eastern time zone, no matter where you're at. But anyway, um, so she, he's been getting us up like two or three hours after you go to bed, run outside, run outside. And then finally what we had to do is she'll go out and sleep on the couch and leave, just leave the door open and uh, lock the, the storm door that way he can go in and out as needed through the doggy door and go. Uh, oh, wow. Because when, when it hits him, he's he's in a panic. He's in oh, one of no. those Tijuana Taco Bell panics. Oh, poor little guy. <laughs> Gotta <hey>. go. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> and oh, there's nothing dear. so pitiful as a dog with a panic look on its face. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Huh. I, I don't want to poop on your floor, but, you know. Yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs> Here she comes. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. Yes, we did. Uh, uh, my wife got me a sous vide cooker for Christmas. A what? And a sous vide cooker. You know what that what is? What is that? Yeah, uh, so it's like this, this, this rage going on, and I thought it was dumb. Uh, they call it precision cooking, and so the sous vide is its French word. And what you basically do is you have a tub of water and you put this thing. It's essentially a heating. Oh, element. okay. Now yeah. I don't come up. Yeah. And so, anyways, everybody says, "Oh, steaks. You got to do steak sous vide." And I'm like, I don't know. It just seems wrong to me. And I thought, whatever. Let's let's try. It. And enough people that I respect, like this one gentleman I talked to on Instagram, who's an executive chef. He's like, no, dude. That's the only way I cook steaks for guests when they come to my house. He says we don't do it at the restaurant because it's just too much work. Uh, but he said that's the only way. So essentially we, we took out some steaks and, um, you can put them in from frozen too. Like we'll buy the big, huge sirloin roast and then cut up our own steaks from Costco. It's so much cheaper, but then we'll put like three steaks in a bag and vacuum seal it. And so anyways, we took those out, seasoned them, you know, put uh, just a basic, whatever seasoning on them. And then in, in an individual bag, you you seal it up again, vacuum seal it, and then you stick it in the sous vide cooker 
and you just choose what level of wellness you want. And that's the one thing, if you're doing multiple steaks for multiple people, it's hard to get different. So we thought, you know, like my old, or Isaiah is pretty fussy. He doesn't like any pink in his meat whatsoever. And so, okay, well, let's do medium, medium well <clears throat> and uh, put those in there. And you can leave them like for a couple hours. I think it takes about 45 minutes. It heats up the water and then, you, you know, generally make sure. And then you pull them out and you have a hot pan ready, like full blast and just sear them real quick, like 40 seconds on each side just to get some nice crunch on the outside. <clears throat> and man, I tell you, excuse me, my throat's going weird. But that was like the one of the best steaks I've ever cooked. And the weird thing is like normally when you do a steak, say if you want a medium center, you know, you're going to have like a quarter inch near the edges that depending on how you're cooking it, but you know, that are going to be well done. Right. And then as you get more to the middle, it gets whatever you're after. Well, this is like from edge to edge, the exact same color. So if you like a medium steak, you cook it medium and you can leave it in that sous vide because it brings it up to whatever temperature you set it to and it never goes above that. And then like if you, you'll have medium from edge to edge. And then they say it's weird to to not sear it because then like the outside of the steak is the same color as the inside. They say it's just yeah. a really weird thing to do. And it's nice to get that little caramelization, that flavor from that. But man, that thing worked great. I was absolutely shocked. And it's so easy They say the nice thing about it is you throw steaks in there. Uh, you can get everything ready. And then once once everything else comes together and you're ready to, you know, feed your guests, you just whip them out, sear them up real quick, and they're good to go. And they say if, if it's like a half an hour longer you need in the kitchen, doesn't matter. You just leave them there. It's so crazy. But yeah, I was, I was impressed. It actually works really well. And then the one that I have, I haven't tried. I didn't get it hooked up. I didn't get the app downloaded because their internet was so slow last night. But it's got like the app there, and you can... So you could put like frozen steaks in there and just in the water in the morning and then from work you'd turn it on and say, okay, I want it to cook for three hours at whatever degree, you know, and you come home and you got, you got food ready. It's, it's pretty wild. But yeah. yeah, I just, I've, I've heard it talked about being um, like water bath or something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I was listening to uh meat it's eater. A big deal with like fish and some other mess. Yeah. Uh, when I first heard about it. Yeah. I listened to the meat eater podcast and one guy wrote in that, uh, his wife was having their baby in their house and they had, uh, a play like a child's play pool and you put a sous vide cooker in it to keep the temperature warm for his wife. Oh, so that was hilarious. That's a good redneck thing right there. But. Oh Yeah. Yeah, good times. <clears throat> yeah, and then the old my oldest boys are building a skating rink right now. So that's fun. They got it all kind of framed out, and we bought a big 30 by 60 foot tarp, and now we're doing the process of filling it. So it's amazing how much water those things take. It's probably going to be a couple of days of running that water, but it'll be fun. Have our own yeah. skating rink in the backyard. They just need uh, hockey nets at both ends. Yeah, well, we told them. <clears throat> They've been asking for, like, I think they're realizing now how much work it is to make a skating rink because I've done a couple of them. I think two of them I've done before. And they're just a monstrous amount of work. And not just building the thing, but, like, filling it. And then where is it level enough? And, you know, because <clears throat> you can have a skating rink. If you got, like, a foot of water, foot thick at one end and two inches at the other, it's such a pain in the butt. 
But um, we told him, so you guys get that thing flooded and all set up so you can skate on it. We'll buy you two nets, one for each end. So and they're like, can we go to Costco and get the nets? I was like, no, you can't skate on it yet. It's not done. <laughs> when it's done, then I'll get you the nets. So hopefully How the next day you? What's that? How do you dress that ice? Just deal with it? Yeah, there's there's different ways. Like it, it all depends on what the temperature outside is. Like we've got the next couple of days, like I think today we're going to hit the freezing and we're just barely below freezing for the next like week or two. And so the nice thing is that that way you can pour water on it. It can even be cold water and it'll actually like level itself out a little bit and then freeze nice and smooth as long as it's not snowing. Um, when it's really cold, like minus 20, minus 25 or something like that, it freezes really quickly. So you'll end up with like almost like waterfall looking things. But there's uh, a lot of people too will take, you can make these little Zambonis and basically buy a bunch of towels from like the dollar store or something like that. And you drag them behind a little PVC pipe with holes in it. And so you kind of put in it, puts the water around and the the towels kind of like almost squeegee the ice. So once we get it flooded, then we'll work at really getting it cleaned up and really nicely done. So, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different YouTube videos and guys will make Zambonis like they pull behind their garden tractors and stuff like that. Kids are like, you should build this a Zamboni. It'd be a good Princess Auto video. <laughs> like, <laughs> it'd be a lot of work. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Kids, but where's the lesson in that for you? That's right. That's right. Yeah, and the... A lot of folks, if you if you can get hot water, it, which we can, um, it's it's a nice thing to be able to throw hot water on there because then it kind of will level out other stuff and it kind of really melts. And if, once it gets gouged and stuff like that, you know, you throw some hot water on there and it levels itself out nicely. So we'll see. And like I said, like the kids are all disappointed that it's like, oh, it's not, you know, that one side doesn't have any water on it yet. I'm like, I know that it's a learning process, right? Like. We picked what we thought was the best spot. I gave him my little, I've got one of those DeWalt laser transit things mm-hmm. um, for outside use, right? It's not one of these ones that you hang on your wall. It's one of the ones that sit on a tripod. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so I said, find a, find a spot. You know, if you can find something that's within like six, seven inches, that's fine, you know? And so I think it'll come together. I think I think if they put the water on it all day today, I think the should be pretty much entirely covered over that tarp and then. And fill it up. The one side's about like six inches already, but what do you do? But yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. Hours of entertainment for kids if they can have their own skating rink, man. It's great. And it's outside stuff, right? Like yeah. not sitting in front of a stupid screen. No joystick involved. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I'm glad. My kids do not play video games. I'm not a fan, but. Oh yeah. Couple I saw I wouldn't if I had kids I wouldn't mind. But the game console is programmable. Okay. It will only work, you know, on these days for this long, length of time and will only play these games. Hmm. Yeah, that's smart, hey? Yeah. It doesn't sell well nowadays. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what restrictions? Are you kidding me? Aye, aye, aye. 
guys what listening to this story over last week, this woman who was uh, facing charges for cyber stalking her own daughter. <laughs> really? Well, it's a lot more complicated than just that. Yeah. What we, from the story, what you what a reasonable person would extrapolate from that is what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She created a fake account online and was catfishing her daughter and somebody else at school while pretending to be yet another person. And what we believe she was trying to do is frame this other girl at school mm. for cyber-stalking her daughter. Oh, okay. Because the woman was also the coach of her daughter's team. Hmm. So I'm sure that's going to play into it somewhere. That's weird. So that's I, mean, crazy. I can't get rid of your little rear end one way. I'll do it another so my hmm. daughter can shine. That's funny. That's what I'm thinking it is. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's another thing altogether. Some of these uh, coach parents or sports parents are insane. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally, man. Like, it it, <clears throat> it ruins sports, you know? It ruined, ruined it for me. Like, it's the stuff that went on in hockey and stuff like that. Like, I don't even watch hockey anymore. And my son, like my oldest, is he loves hockey and loves watching it. And can we watch this? Like the World Juniors are on right now. And it's like, sure, are you going to watch it? I'm like, nope. Man, I had so many horrible, horrible experiences with other parents and with coaches. And I'm just like, man, if you guys think this game, this this game you're playing is that important, I don't want anything to do with it. And I used to be a huge fan of hockey, and I'm I'm just not anymore. Um, and even at the, across the, the country, across Canada, there's everyone will tell you there's some major problems with hockey in this country, even to the point where like a whole bunch of the sponsorships, like minor hockey used to be sponsored nationwide by, I forget, so I don't know, everybody's dropped off and like all these, like the Canadian minor hockey association, they've lost so much funding because these companies are like all this stuff that's coming out with you know, whether it's sexual harassment from coaches or, or this or all these things. It's just over and over and over again. It's just like scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal that all these companies are like, you know what? We can't, we can't have our name tied to this in any way, shape, or form. And at every level of hockey, it's just, it's, it's actually really disgusting. Like some of the stories that you hear and some of the things, it's like, really? really? You- they don't understand. Yeah, okay, if the coach was doing something bad, Let's get rid of the coach. Mm-hmm. Completely removing sponsorship or finding the team is hurting those young players, not the coach, because the coach isn't on the team anymore. Yeah. But it's the thing is that there's so much of it. It's not like, okay, this one incident. It's like, oh, yeah, and this, oh, and this, and this. And, like, honestly, if you pay attention to it, it is overwhelming. Like, it's like, wow. And then, like, racism. Okay, they, they literally were hazing this kid because he was native and, and this. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, uh, to tell you the truth, like, if I were to just put a statement on it that I truly believe is accurate, is that minor hockey is a very dark thing in Canada. It is It has got a darkness to it. And it's not just like over competition, overzealous parents. It's dark, man. Like there's just been some bad apples in it. 
and all the way up, like some of these guys are getting found out for doing some stuff. Like they're like the directors, like they're, you know, they're full time or like the CEOs and stuff. And they're getting charged with all kinds. Of, I'm like, Oh my word, this is a bad bear. It's not good. It's not good at all. Like I'm all back. I watched a documentary from one, uh, bad team back in the day run by the mob eventually. Hmm. And uh, one of the, a couple of the people that were players on that team were saying, yeah, this is horrible. This, it shouldn't have happened. However, hockey itself from the ground up, from kids playing in school all the way up to the pros is just a, an incredibly horrible sport filled with incredibly horrible human beings. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, he's laughing about it because people just don't understand how horrible it is. He said, just look at Canadian hockey. Um, yeah. How diverse is it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Compared to the country. Then, then look at this and then look at, he was talking about, Oh my God. Yeah. No, a hundred percent true. I agree with that statement. There's something about it. And I, yeah, I don't know. Like it's not yeah. just Canadian hockey, but he was a Canadian. So he was yeah. trying to, you know, he was limiting <clears throat> it to his knowledge. Yeah, but and they hockey's did a thing on huge here. European hockey, and it's worse. Hmm. But I know they don't fight in Europe like they like we do here. I remember when I was on, in Mo- not on the ice. No, no, not on the ice. Like I remember when I was in Moscow, we were watching Dinamo play. That's like a one of the Moscow teams, and it, it, you know there'd be a hit a a check against the board or something like that, and you know one guy got railed out pretty good, clean hit, legal hit. And then they both just get up and skate away. And we would stand up and yell, fight. And everybody around us just looked at us and was like, what are you doing? And they said, you're Americans. That's why you want them to fight. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but no, like North American hockey, that's what it is. It's like, oh, yeah, some guy, you know, nice clean body check just rails you out. Okay, let's go. You know, let's dance. Or I'll, I'll get you the next time. What's your number? Okay, cool. Next, next shift, you're in my sights. But yeah, it's crazy. Somebody was uh, talking about that difference between men's soccer and women's soccer. Mm-hmm. They're showing you know different plays in men's soccer that end in a fight. Yeah, like you can body check somebody or kick them by accident, quote unquote. Yeah, and men's soccer, and if that happens by accident in women's, what they do is they stop and they help the other player up, dust them off, pat them on the butt. Hey, I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the men are trying to kill each other for the next thirty minutes. I'm like, really. Yeah, well, yeah, it's we're funny. Pro mags, but hey, that's how we're built. Yeah, you know it's funny. They you see those they put together little clips of like the the soccer players trying to sell a fake injury. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one guy will run up and like they're obviously rivals and they're they're at each other and stuff. One guy will run up and just literally flick the guy on the shoulder and he like falls to the ground holding his elbow or his shoulder in pain like he's in agony. It's like. Some of those ones are funny. It's like you realize there's cameras on you all the time. (laughs) That's funny. Yep. 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 Yeah, I'm not a, I don't know. I I like playing sports, but I'm not a huge sports watcher. Yeah, you couldn't find somebody who's more anti pro sports than me. Yeah. I make a lot of money, those guys. Hey. Yeah, that's one of the problems. Yeah. But and whatever. 
Yeah. Like recreation and leisure is very important for a society, right? So I'm not against it, but I'm like for the amount of money we pay them and for what they do for our society, you, you know, like, I don't know who, who's making a bigger difference, you know, doctor, a sanitation worker, or a professional athlete. Well, oh, I know the one worker. Yeah. Down. And the doctor. Right. We need we need them too. school teachers, police officers, firefighters, you know, those people, they make a huge impact. Recreation like sports is fun. It's a good distraction. <clears throat> but professional athletes, they don't add they don't do for society like nearly what they get paid for. I just I don't get it. It's all consumerism, right? It's driven by well, advertising like and during Christmas, right before Christmas. Two Tennessee Titans players gave $2,000 for toys for Ooh. this particular thing. And I'm like, if I gave 20 bucks, per, you know, percentage-wise, I've given more of my money yeah. than he just did. Yeah, exactly. Because those two players are just incredibly overpaid because um, one can't throw a ball to save his life. But anyway, hmm. and was replaced. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's just so weird. It's weird how society's put such importance on these athletes, you know? And, and stop it. Put the, you know, arts and uh, trade school stuff back in schools because you're, you're focusing all your efforts on sports, but less than 0.01% of kids that play high school sports make it to the pros. Mm -hmm. That's statistically underneath insignificant mm -hmm. you know so let's yeah. focus on what what's going to benefit our society more yeah but no the um whatever you know foil hat time the powers that be like whether they're industrial powers that be or political powers that be like sports because they um Keeps your attention elsewhere. Mm -hmm. The distraction, yeah. And lines their pockets. Yeah. You know, I, I was listening to Art of Manliness podcast, and they're talking about, like, physical education in the school systems. And they say professional sports for certain parts of the country, but for a lot of them have absolutely ruined the physical education system because instead of general physical education, like you know, different games and, and stretching and ring. It's all sports-based. And then it turns, he said, it's some of these entire school divisions will turn into like, okay, you know, our goal, our objective is to funnel kids to become professional. You know, if of these 10 schools, we can get one kid drafted, we're, we're doing great. And they tailor all their physical education, their gym classes around sports. And they said, it's, it's not right because... You know, there's so much that the kids miss out on, like, you know, healthy movement, stretching, you know, different types of weightlifting, cardiovascular. Instead, it's all sports-based. And it, it was just kind of interesting. I forget who he had on, some guy that works in D.C. for the education. And, um, you know, he's saying that they, they're doing these studies, and especially certain districts, like places in Texas and stuff, they said the kids the only reason they have a gym class is so that maybe one of those kids in that district could become a uh, an NFL football player. And he said, that's how the funding is. It just, it takes, a, you know, 
not every kid loves playing sports, right? Like, yeah, expose them to it. Hey, we're going to play soccer. We're going to learn the basic rules of soccer, baseball, football, you know, lacrosse. But more than that, it's like, what do you like to do? You ask, okay, well, let's split up the field and we can have a game of dodgeball over here and this over here, you know, but they say it's not like that. It's just like, no, we're tailoring the, your entire education system as far as physical education into selecting for this specific sport. It's kind of an interesting podcast. But well, it's been that way forever. Yeah. It was starting to be that way in North Carolina when I was in high school. Hmm. What was a big sport in North Carolina? Or was there one? High school, uh, basketball, and football. Oh, okay, yep. And college, <clears throat> basketball. Hmm. At that time, North Carolina didn't have any uh, uh, pro teams of any kind. So, hmm. and, and, you know, high school ball is still paramount there. Really? Just paramount. Huh. That's interesting. Especially yeah. in the area I grew up. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird because different parts of the, the country have different, like, you, you, you a lot of par- parts of the, the states you can find, okay, this one sport is the most important thing, you know? I know some parts of Texas, it's like football. That's all there is in Texas is football. It's kind of interesting. One thing that's making, uh, that's getting more popular in Canada is soccer, which I think is kind of weird. <clears throat> But yeah, what's next? Cricket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We I, I would rather watch cricket than soccer. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, there's. Quite I a would few... definitely rather watch. I don't know darts than soccer, but. <laughs> yeah. Now, if it came down between soccer and curling, I would shoot my TV. But... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do not get the curling thing, man. Like you know, so every small town in Alberta has a curling rink and an ice hockey rink. Like generally, if you've got like two to 300 people, even in like these little villages, and it's amazing. Like like every night, half the town is there curling. And I've never tried curling. It, I think doing it might be kind of fun, but um, man, like some of our family members at Christmas time, there's always these tournaments or whatever like that. And they watch curling and I'm just like, I don't understand anyone feels that they could justify broadcasting energy on uncovering this like <laughs> it's the most boring thing on earth to watch oh i can't stand curling and it's on the tv all the time i'm like this is stupid man they should broadcast paint drying and that'd be a little bit more interesting hey I'm just painted this wall now let's let it dry here you go the next two hours sponsored by tim hortons oh no how boring <laughs> that Frozen Village must have been that had been in that stupid game. <laughs> I know. Hey, you want to throw a rocket on the ice? Oh, oh good. I'll throw my rocket, your rock. Oh, cool. <laughs> Come on. Oh, great. Now we have to invent brooms. <laughs> That's right. Our wives want to play. They can bring the brooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then lacrosse was in is a Canadian invention, and that was like a native game. And I didn't know this, but lacrosse, the original version, sometimes could be played over like several mile long fields. Like it wasn't just a field; like it was an area. It sometimes could be miles long and wide. 
It's kind of interesting, the interesting history on lacrosse. And basketball was a Canadian invention as well. But Yeah, sports are fun to play, but man, they got to be, I think they always need to be kept in check, you know. Like all things in life, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's got to be, uh, well, not everything has to be uh, in moderation, but most things should be in moderation. Yeah. I think bicycles Some are the one exception. Be, so. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I've been fascinated by for two weeks? What's that? Something showed up in my Instagram. Uh, you can have uh, like the reels, right? Mm-hmm. Something showed up in there one day, and I was watching it, and I'm like, then another, and then another, and now I'm just inundated with them. And they're those, um, they're reels, but they're like the video f- version of a midget meme. Like <laughs> one, a midget will be in the gym doing the ropes, and then no the next one will be somebody's shoelaces moving. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> it is the, le- the one yesterday was a midget shot putting and after he let released the steel ball a little piece of cereal hit a guy in the face <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised that stuff is even allowed oh well here's what i'm surprised about um oh god what's his name the smile more guy oh roman atwood Roman Atwood did some really uh, with two midgets uh, where they wanted to borrow his Toyota pickup and they're like, Oh yeah, go ahead, get in. And then they drive away and all of a sudden you see a little RC car roll in front of Roman's foot. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's crazy. Huh? Yeah. It shocked me that he got in on it, but yeah, <clears throat> especially Everything, everything, you know, half, half possibly offensive gets canceled. Yeah, I, and that's what Jeanette and I were talking about. That How are these allowed? And now there's more and more and more people getting into it. I'm like, it's easy. Everyone, everyone was bound to find common ground in this cancel culture. <laughs> and it happens to be everyone likes to laugh at midgets, including <laughs> midgets. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Oh. Uh. That's crazy. There's a bodybuilding female midget that does her own, uh, like, parodies on midgets. Really? And some of hers are hilarious. Hmm. But, That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Instagram does that. Hey, you, you, you see something, and if you spend time on it, it keeps feeding it to you, you know? I've got so many. And do you ever use a save function on Instagram? The who? The save. Like you can bookmark a post so you can save it, come back to it I've later. I've done one and I've yep. never done it again. Mm. So I, I always get these different food recipes and then I've got a folder on Instagram that's food and I just save, save, save. And it seems like before Christmas, it's just like every other post is something that it just, it, I'm drooling. I'm just like, oh, I got to make that. I need to make that. And then I always have these plans, like between Christmas and New Year, when we're relaxing and taking some time off. It's like, oh man, I'm just gonna make all this food, and I never do it, but it's probably a good thing too, because I'd probably gain fifty pounds. But 
Yeah, I got a lot of food on my Instagram feed. I guess a lot of that in uh, Facebook. Hmm. Yeah, the only thing I ever use Facebook is to, <laughs> the, there's like a Strathmore and area road reports. So, you know, you drive to the city and it's like, oh man, it's solid ice today. That's the only reason. If I need to go somewhere and it looks sketchy, I'll be like, oh, let me see how the roads were and they'll find out. But, yep. Yeah, our roads were terrible, like right before Christmas when it was so cold. Like, it was just unreal, man. They're, they're getting better now because it's warming up. It's getting sloppy. But whew, when it's like minus 30, nothing works. And it's just absolute sheets of ice. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, sometimes, you know, this time of year when it's like crazy cold like this and all this garbage. I'm like, why do we live here, man? This, this place is brutal. <laughs> why there's so many Canadians in Florida? Yeah, no kidding. Especially this time of year. Yeah. Have you seen some of the images from the some of the storms they're having in the States? Like on the East Coast and stuff? Yes. Like, Since like, I'm in that you, part of the world. Yeah. Like houses getting like encased in like two inches of ice? Yep. Oh, dude. That yeah, Danette was looking brutal. at the, what was it? Uh, the coast of, uh, not the coast, but, you know, the shore uh, the Canadian shore on Lake Erie. Yeah. It was just iced over. Yeah. Some houses were like three, four inches thick of ice. Yeah. That's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember uh, living in the frozen white north. And when you have a really bad, bad one, that's when I used to love to go drive around town. One, because I can have the ability to drive in adverse weather, but no one else is on the road. Yeah. And everybody is else true. is afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, like, uh, <clears throat> so we've been driving around lately. We went shopping yesterday and stuff like that. And one of my kids had this great idea. Like, so we have a, a lot of immigration into Canada. I mean, it's, everybody knows that's not a secret. Um, there's parts of the city I go to where I'm literally the only white person. Um, that's, I mean, whatever, you know, it's, it, it's, it is what it is. It doesn't bother me. The one thing that drives me nuts is that you get people that, that come over from wherever they come over for and they'll never have seen snow. And then somehow they, they got a license and they're allowed to drive in it. <laughs> so the kids are like, you know, there should be for every person who immigrates into Canada, a two stage, everyone actually for that matter. Two-stage uh, driver's license. You got your summer license. That's good while there's no snow on the ground. And then if you want to be able to drive in the wintertime, you have to go take a driving course on a, a frozen lake somewhere. Because some of these people don't under, like, there'll be the slightest skiff of snow on the highway. And I'm not joking. Like, you could stomp on, on the gas from a complete stop and you're not breaking the tires free. Traction is fantastic, right? And they're doing, like, 30 kilometers an hour with their hazards on. I'm like, man, I was coming up on you at 120 kilometers an hour, slammed on my brakes, didn't break free, and and yet you somehow think that 30 kilometers an hour is appropriate. And and next thing you know, there's like 50 vehicles behind them, and everybody's late for work because one person has never driven on snow before, and they don't know how to do it. Oh, driving around here in the wintertime, especially going to the city, it is so annoying, man. So annoying. Oh, man. Like, there, there's a difference between bad roads and roads that look bad. And it's just, oh, 
I, I don't I don't get like I, I travel as little as possible going into this city because I just get so frustrated every time. It's like my word, you guys are pathetic. There's been the odd time when I'll just like there'll be like three lanes and everybody's doing like sixty and the speed limit's a hundred. And I'm like, well, you know what? I've got a four-wheel drive and I, I see a break in the traffic and it's literally like about 100 vehicles clumped together and the three people in front are, you know, in a row doing 60. And so I'll just throw it into four-wheel drive and I'll just scream through the ditch in front of everybody. Well, there you go. Done. It's like you guys can go as slow as you want behind me. Oh, it drives me nuts. Yeah, the whole, I'm going to block every lane side by side. All doing the same stupid thing. They should lose their license for life. Absolutely, absolutely. Except the guy in the far right lane. Yeah, unless it exactly. was a concerted effort. Yeah. he was he was in the right place. Yeah. Everybody else, no. Yeah. The law states slower traffic keep right, and it doesn't say unless you're doing the full speed limit. It doesn't say that. So if you're doing the speed limit and I'm speeding, you are the slower traffic. Get into the right hand lane. That's how the word, that's how the law is worded. So just go, you know, even if you're doing 130 and I'm doing 150, technically you're slower traffic. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're both wrong, but it's geared towards, um, traffic safety, not, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's fine. Not somebody's like, job to be the hall monitor of the highway. Yeah. And if, if you don't want you to think, do the speed uh, the limit. People are going so too fast. Pull over and call the highway patrol. Yeah. Or just pull just pull into the right-hand lane and mind your own business. You know? Like, I mean, if you're going to get somebody's business, do it that way. Not Don't try to block the lane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. The seat company is like, whoop. Yeah. Yeah. I pass a lot of people on the shoulders, and they're just always amazed. They're like, what? It's like, dude, okay, the speed limit right here is 90 kilometers an hour. You're doing 75, and I've been behind you for like two kilometers, and you're an idiot. And so I just, whoop, okay, well, there's a left-hand shoulder here. It's free and clear. You just pull over there. I signal, get into the shoulder, pass them, and they're like looking at me wide-eyed honking, and I'm, I just give them the, what? What am I supposed to do? And then, of course, they're doing like 90 and 100, and they won't let you pass. It's like, I'm sorry, retard. You, you're dumb. Get behind me. Yeah, it drives me nuts. <clears throat> oh well. <sighs> Doing anything for New Year's? Um, no. I mean, another my, brisket. I don't know. We do have another brisket in the fridge. Maybe we should. <laughs> Maybe we should. We've got a brisket. Yeah, we got a nice ribeyes. Nice hand. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm into the sous vide thing now. I'm like, what else can I sous vide? And you know, the neat thing about it is that it cooks in its own juice. Right, like you're not losing any of the drippings of the meat; it stays there. And so they say, like the the flavors are just the nature of how it cooks. You can't get that type of a flavor any other method because every other method, you know, you're rendering off some of the juice of the meat and it's going away. But yeah, I know it's interesting. Ribeyes, those would be good, hey. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, um, the kids always want to stay up to midnight, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't do that. <laughs> All right, um, see you in the morning. Yep, 
I know. And it's, it's, I don't know. When I was a kid, every now and then we stayed up to midnight, but some years it means something to them. It's like, please, please, please. It's like, okay, fine. We'll find like watch a movie or something like that and time it. So it ends right around midnight. But man, I have no desire to ever stay up that late. I tell my kids, I said, you know what? Here's a, here's a general rule in life. Nothing good happens after midnight. And some people say nothing good happens after 3 a.m. I'm like, no, no, midnight. <laughs> like, and for me, like, pretty much after 10 o'clock at night, nothing nothing good is going to happen here. Like, you know, the restaurants are closed. Stores are closed. Yeah, bars are open. But nothing good happens in bars after 10 o'clock at night, you know. <laughs> nothing good really happens in bars anyways. Unless you're just visiting with friends or something, but... Uh, you guys going anywhere for New Year's? Nope. You going to stay up to midnight? Nope. nope. Never do. <laughs> That's right. I'll wake up in the next year. I mean, even in my younger years, I just didn't care about it. Yeah. Never did. Yeah, like, I don't get it. Oh, New Year, New Year, New Year. Yeah. And? It's so arbitrary, isn't it? Yeah. And I asked somebody a long time ago. Why do you do this? Oh, I just love seeing a new year come in. I do it every year, and it's the best thing in the world, Bubba. Um, did you go to the farm where your food's grown? Did you go to the factory and watch your car being made? Well, seeing it brand new, not that big a deal then, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. No, the people who like it are the people like, I don't know, partying. Yeah, socialites, yeah. Not me. No. And even uh, if I, even when I was a partier, I'm not a out in public with a big crowd of people kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try this one with the kids. I'm going to be like, you know what? Isn't it more fun to to go to sleep and be surprised with a brand new year when you wake up? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Christmas. You don't, you don't, you don't stay up all night long to see what you're going to get. What's under the tree. You go to bed and you wake up to the surprise. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I need to get some, I haven't been able to ride bicycles for a long time. So we've been so busy and now we got some time. So I'm going to put some studded tires on one of my bikes here that I got. And I think I need to go for a bike ride today. Yeah, my some uh, fresh air. Physical therapist told me I need to start riding again. Oh yeah. Did so you end up right. selling? I just need to find a shorter surly. Yeah. Good. Did you end up selling your Krampus? I uh, no, it's, it's still there. I I just I was lo- hoping to look for somebody who had one in the medium that I could trade with. But. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But it's such a nice looking bike. Yeah. It's a piece of art as well as a incredibly good bicycle. Yeah. Yeah, Surly just came out with a new bike and um so there's the they call it the big dummy, which is like the full on cargo bike. And then they've got the big fat dummy, which is that bike but with fat tires. <clears throat> and then there's a big easy, which is that bike with a uh electric. It's a e bike. And I think that one is like $6,000. And then they just came out with a new one, which is a like a mid-sized cargo bike. So not quite as long, but still has, I think, the capacity for like, 
100 or 125 pounds on the back and the, the rack is like integrated into the frame and it's electric assist and the idea behind it is that it, it would be something that could truly like replace a car if you're an urban dweller but um even that one's like four thousand bucks or something like that i'm like oh man these things are expensive replace a car it costs as much as a car you know but yeah, yeah. i wish that's the one bummer about living out of town is that like when i lived in town i rode my bike all the time like i went over two years without driving a vehicle to work literally two years not one time that i drive a car or a truck to work and it's great i loved it but out here it's just like if i want to go get groceries the closest i am is like 45 minutes and that's just that's one way that's just too much you know give up half your day just to go get some food you know but yeah it's uh no it you can ride your bike anytime you want i don't care but don't expect me to just because you think it's a good idea that i ride six hours to go get a loaf of bread no mm -hmm. sorry yeah you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it that's right fossil fuels for me buddy yep until until and if um they can actually come up with something better yeah it was funny is that uh when it's so cold around here like minus 30 <clears throat> half of the vehicles in the parking lot are idling <laughs> like they'll just lock them and then use the remote car starter and fire them up and then go inside <laughs> and it's like i wonder how many of these people are all like like some places you go to like these greener, like tree hugging stores. And it's like idle free zone. It's like, like, go ahead. I don't care. It's minus 30. I'm not coming into like a car that's absolutely frozen. I'm going to let it idle. <laughs> it's an idle free zone. It's like, says who? Go ahead. Do you, do you have a right to enforce that on me? I don't think so. That's funny. Yeah, people aren't aren't overly green and then especially it's like okay whatever happened to global warming man <laughs> you know like this is a, one of the colder novembers decembers we've had in decades oh no it's called climate change now <laughs> i'm like okay so what is the season <laughs> it's climate change oh no summer's here we're all gonna die <laughs> oh special special little people hey Oh, well, sheep are easily manipulated. Oh, uh, yeah. So what you got going on today, Todd? Hello? You there? Hey, Todd. Well, folks, it looks like, I don't know if, if we lost Todd or I dropped, I'm not sure, but we're about an hour and 10 minutes, so we'll call her an episode there. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a happy new year.